what's up everybody you are tuned into the elks call with the elks herd my name is scout aka the rep from section x and i'm Catherine, aka the elks and today we were supposed to have a very special guest our good friend ryan messer our alabama sports analyst uh the guy who covered the 2023 usfl Birmingham Stallions championship season. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it in today, on today, uh, due to illness. So we hope you get better soon, Ryan. It's going around. It's going around. We know it. We had to cancel last week's episode because we were both sick. Exactly. Everybody was sick. Yeah, no, we we are on our return from, you know, almost pulling off a sick episode. So (laughs) I'm happy that we didn't. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for being patient and we are happy to be back mm-hmm. all right so for our show today we're going to reflect on that elks versus lions game in kathy's quarter by quarter and then after that uh, we're also going to talk about that elks versus argos game coming up after the bye on october 6th mm-hmm. so that's going to be a pretty big game is it six or nine six right six, six. And then uh, after that, we are going to announce the winner of the 2023 Edmonton Elks Tailgate Chili Cook-Off. <laughs> oh, it was, it was awesome. We're, we're going to talk about uh, yeah. that a little bit uh, more <laughs> after that quarter by quarter. So then after that, we're going to give you the Edmonton Sports Update. And then we're going to open up the fan forum. So please blow up the chat. Uh, we definitely want to see the chat blow up tonight especially without a guest we want to talk to you guys so after the fan forum we'll open it up for questions and uh shoot the breeze so Mm -hmm. cool yeah well let's get started let's talk about that bc lions game yeah so september 22nd against the bc lions game and i'm actually going to take it half by half not quarter by quarter just because it's the two of us so i apologize if i'm talking a little too much as i get to the discussion points but um i mean we missed the majority of the first quarter yeah we were too busy wrapping up with the chili cook-up which we will talk about a little bit later uh we totally missed that pick six by number 29 gray which is his first touchdown yeah kai Kai gray kai gray that was a massive one especially after you did the player profile yes yes uh he had a great game and I mean, I think we got there just in time to see that BC player number 86 run um, for that touchdown. Is that Katoy or who is that? At least I can't remember. I didn't write it down. Uh, But that was disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) That was was disappointing. I think that was the second touchdown that BC had. Uh, We had missed the majority of that. And coming in to see that was very, very disappointing. Although I did remember mentioning walking by and being like, whoa, why is that guy so fast? Those BC boys, man, they are fast. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, BC, right? Well, and and we knew that going into this game. (laughs) Unfortunately, we knew that BC has, uh, you know, top three, top four team right now in the league. So, Uh uh you knew that they were gonna gonna get on as fast, and especially with that side play as well, right? Uh, the play on the sidelines. For whatever reason, we seem to be weak there this year in our defensive schemes. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a little bit painful for that one, but uh... definitely. And I mean, it was also on the Elks because they definitely fell short during that first quarter. 
uh, by turning the ball over on downs quite a bit. Yeah. You know, Trey Ford again seemed to want to rely on his running game, uh, but the BC defense had him figured out right from the beginning. Um, so, of course, this resulted going into the second um, behind. Yeah. 21-7 was the score. And, of course, starting the second quarter, Trey Ford pretty much immediately gets taken down by the Lions defense, right. uh, which forces them to kick the ball away once again. Um, that, together with the BC offense being on fire during the game, it certainly didn't give us any happy feelings. Let's just put it that way, as we were sitting on that. Well, and I mean, it's that BC defensive line, right? They broke down our offensive line more times than not. And we haven't seen our team have to play, you know, another elite team or an elite team, sorry. Because yep. uh, the Elks definitely are far from elite. They're hot right now. We can definitely call them hot. Uh, we're still like two years away from being an elite team if we build around Trey Ford. That being said, uh, we haven't seen our offensive line have these kind of problems since before the bye week of changes. Definitely. Ever since we started seeing a lot of the changes with Trey Ford being added to the mix and the change in the offensive coordinator, right now this was the first time that we knew it was going to be a real challenge. And yeah. we really had to come and play, um, like you say, an elite team and see how we stack up to somebody like that but yep. i don't think i have seen ford struggle this much before <laughs> you know which who knows how many sacks i was not counting counting but uh There's definitely a lot. a lot of sacks throughout this game <coughs> i know he dropped the ball in the second quarter at some point but thankfully Fordy guarded that ball like it was made out of gold for yeah. sure um and i mean I, we got the turnover right after that which was nice that resulted in that beautiful pass to Gino yeah. who was just happy to be doing Gino Lewis things and Gino doing things. His things. <laughs> Gino things. Gino things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the last 90 seconds of the second quarter, Ford completed a pass to Mitchell uh, for a touchdown before the teams exchanged field goals to make the score 24, 17. So now let's stop here and then let's talk about the elephant in the room. Some somebody that we have talked to about uh, pretty much every single episode for the past few ones, and it's Trey Ford. Yeah. Like, what was up with him this game? Lots of overthrows. You know, there's overthrows, underthrows. Don't know if it was the jitters. What I do think is that the BC defensive line having that kind of pressure and you couple that with film we don't talk about film enough or preparation enough but you take a look at trey ford's first couple games versus you know these last couple something you and i were just talking about before we went live was the issues that they're finding in the first you know uh two to three quarters really they can't seem to find that rhythm in the last two games that they played that differs from the first Stampeders game, uh, the Labor Day game, that is, and then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game here at home after the bye week. Mm -hmm. So the film and all of the changes, there's no film on those changes, right? So if teams can't prepare for it, then obviously you're going to do good, especially if you have a good scheme that you've just come up with or a refresh scheme or whatever, especially with a different type of quarterback. Taylor Cornelius, he's good with his legs. He's done a lot of those type of plays, and but not quite as well as Trey Ford does it. Mm -hmm. 
So, yes, there is a difference in having Trey Ford because he's faster and he knows that he can rely on those legs. But the problem with that is that it gets stale after a while and defenses will start to pick up and yeah, coordinators will pick up on it, right? reading him. Reading no him. Well, and by breaking down that line, they knew that by breaking it down and getting, you know, two guys in on him and to put in that pressure, they, they were obviously going four-man pressure. I think there was even, you know, at some point a five-man pressure. Like, they were, they were throwing <laughs> they the were kitchen sink. Him. And it wasn't quite blitz. It wasn't blitz because it wasn't all, all in on the quarterback. Um, they still had decent coverage in certain areas. It was just making sure that they broke down our offensive line and exploited our weaknesses. BC did that very, very well. And Rick Campbell, great coach. I can't, I can't say anything bad about Rick Campbell because he's a very great coach. I know that a lot of Edmonton Elks fans wanted Rick Campbell here as a coach, <laughs> myself included. I believe that Rick Campbell here would be a fairy tale story because obviously his dad, Hugh Campbell, a very storied career here in Edmonton. But once again, right? Hindsight 2020. Yeah. So we're, well, we're, we're, we have Chris Jones and there's no, there's no disrespect towards Chris Jones. Obviously he's been handed a, a, a brutal hand without saying uh, a swear. He's been handed a brutal hand. He, he's now made the right choices in having Jerry's Jackson on offensive coordinator duties and it, it has been good but now we have to reinvigorate the game plan because the film is already starting to get stale well and that's just it and i mean definitely i agree with you that i think they were reading trey ford down to the letter right they knew exactly where he was going no mercy whatsoever just pushing through and getting him down as quickly as possible without giving him even a chance really to figure out where he was going, especially when he has been relying so much on the run rather than throwing. Yeah. But the one thing that I'm wondering, right. And this is just me thinking back on, uh, you know, the beginning of the season that he wasn't started, uh, you know, some comments that were being made uh, by Chris Jones saying that he wasn't quite ready yet, that there was still some development, that he still mm -hmm. needed some training time. It's whether, um, you know, we know that he has amazing legs. He has an amazing running game. He has an arm that can throw. We have seen amazing passes. Oh, easily. But where is it that he falls short? Is it reading the defense from the another from the other team, the opposition? Is he not able to really read it properly to make those split moment decisions of knowing where to throw and who to throw it with? Is he not comfortable with that? Is that what Chris Jones was referring to in terms of development time? Yeah, and I think you and I, when we were sitting there in Section X, represent, <laughs> when we were sitting there in Section X, we noticed that. We noticed that he wasn't releasing the ball fast enough or making the proper reads fast enough, right? So if he wasn't getting the player that he wanted or if he wasn't liking what he saw, within one second, he instantly went into scramble mode. How many times did we see Gino Lewis or Manny Arsenault going like yeah. this down yeah. the field, right? Being like, hey, we're open. We're screaming down the sidelines, being like, he's open. Like, throw. I don't want to swear, but throw it. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I, I, I'd like to bring up Taylor Cornelius's dad. Shout out Warren, if you're listening to the show. <laughs> uh, Warren Cornelius, he actually posted on our, on our page, The Elks Heard, on facebook 
about pressure and how much pressure is affecting Taylor Cornelius, you know, without, Mm -hmm. without exactly saying it, he, uh, he was, he was pointing out how much that pressure was affecting Taylor and how the plays were basically dictated off of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So we saw Trey Ford in a scenario where the pressure was immense. Now we saw scoring in this game against BC, which is amazing. Yes, and shout out, shout out, John. We see you in the chat. Uh, thank you. We uh, we are very happy to be back tonight. Uh, the horn, um, the horn. No, no, there was no issues. The only issues is Scout slips. Yeah, that he just absolutely blows them every single time. Yeah, a but, little bit. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, it, I completely agree with what you said. I mean, it's now Trey Ford has had the chance to see what a real challenge is and i don't want to say that the previous games were not a challenge but it was a different kind of challenge yeah he definitely was put in a position that he had to make different uh playmaking choices that Mm -hmm. perhaps he wasn't ready for and now that hopefully will push him even more to be able to improve his game and look at certain areas that he's not necessarily quite 100 percent yet yeah and just improve on that right yeah, well, and it's a big learning lesson for everybody in that game, right? Especially Trey Ford. Uh, yeah. I we all know that he's not necessarily a throw first quarterback, but having Trey Ford become either well rounded or a throw first quarterback, especially with that arm, mm-hmm. it's going to be nothing but benefit to everybody. Definitely, he's amazing. It's- yeah. What did you say? He just told me. <laughs> you just told me right before we started here that people are calling it the. Ford Field. Ford Field. People calling it Ford Field. <laughs> I, I personally love that one. Yeah, I walked into the Elks team store. I talked to Christine, and uh, there's all sorts of words I went across. The Ford Effect, Ford oh, Field. Uh, nothing runs like a Ford. You know, every, everybody's going hard on this. Well, see, Merchandise. That's, that's no. Yeah. I should jump yeah. on that. But that hopefully is a really good push for Ford to yeah really start improving on certain aspects of his game that he was falling short on but let's go into the third and, four, and fourth quarter right better um, better parts of the game but yes i know i mean it was okay we definitely came close enough let's get into it at this point you know we started to get a feel that perhaps this might be a kick to win game you know we started seeing a lot of back and forth yeah. drives that were not necessarily going anywhere and it was just a matter of getting them close enough to kicking range yeah i got that field goal range yeah you're good you're good (laughs) my dyslexia kicked in there um but you know even trying to run kevin brown wasn't necessarily getting us much yardage this game Right. right i mean he did have a little bit of a stumble and he had to step out for a little bit but he came back um but even then you know fourth through that very long pass to kyron moore who could not keep a hold of the ball, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Ceresna, though, he certainly proved once again to be a powerhouse in the sack department. So, yeah. But still not quite enough to make our drives meaningful. Um, we went into the fourth quarter behind by 10 points, with Ford just not being able to escape the pocket. Just no. the same story that we had seen right from the beginning of the game. And having that punt deflected, of course, which seriously messed up my anxiety levels. Because there <laughs> is way too many turnovers, yeah. almost turnovers for my liking, <laughs> you know. And um, 
of course, the Lions kicker got them another field goal, uh, but we managed to push the subsequent drive back. Mr. Sean White, by the way. Yes. yes. Mr. Sean, Sean White. White. Put some respect. Heard. We got to put some heard. respect on this man's name. I could not. Game number 200 for Sean White. <laughs> How many of those were with the double E? Right. Love that man. Anyway, sorry. I was not allowed to say anything bad about Sean White. So. We weren't. We no, weren't. you were not even blowing the horn. No, it's Sean White. (laughs) Guys, I mean, come on. In the chat, you got to agree. If there's one person on that BC team that we have to, and it used to be Michael Riley, the artist formerly, or the the athlete formerly known as Mike. But Michael Riley, whenever he was out there, you know, tried to keep it respectful. Same deal, Sean White. Now, come on. You got to give him some respect and we... I, I, as much as I would love for him to miss a field goal, at the same time, he's done some very great things for the uh, W. I suppose. You gotta respect. You gotta respect. Put some respect. <laughs> two C's. Two C's. Two C's. Uh, but yeah, we managed to push the subsequent drive back uh, 64 yards to give Mitchell his second touchdown of the game. Um, and the Elks got the ball back within, I think it was like a minute 30 remaining. But Ford once again faced another sack at the Edmonton 38 on a third down, which was yeah. depressing. Um, yeah, as the seal the deal right there. Yep, that's when we knew that that was game. The final score was 37-29. Um, so, I mean, what what did you think about the game overall? What did, what would you say worked and what didn't? Well, see, the best part about this game is that we finally got points against the BC Lions. The Elks, I, I, their stats on it, I don't know if we've actually ever been shut out twice in a season, <laughs> let alone by the same team. But BC had our number in the first half of the year. Seeing offensive points, offensive points, because yes. that Kai Gray, that, that was a great interception. Don't get me wrong. Offensive points is what this team needed in order to show progress. Really, mm-hmm. really needed to show progress in this game. They did. There was hope for a win. Now, did we expect a win or should we have expected a win? I don't believe the the fan base should have expected a win by any means. <laughs> but the fact that they played a competitive game and kept it down to the last like four to five minutes, right? Uh, even then, I, yeah, it was like three three minutes. I want to say before it was finally like, okay, yeah, we're 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 cooked, we're cooked, we're done. Yeah. But the Elks also didn't give up. They they tried to advance the ball. BC's defense did great. BC did and fantastic. Their offense was great too. Sure, yeah. Vernon, Vernon, Vernon Adams, he, yes. he did amazing. Um, despite all the chirps that he may have received. <laughs> uh Vernon Vernon. Good old Vernon Adams. He played a really, really good game. And sure, he threw a ball or two away. I would credit those, like that Kai Gray, especially. Kai Gray yes. read that play. He read oh. that play. That was good film. It was good defense. Uh, he, he was ball hawking out there. Did fantastic. Um, but overall, BC, there you, you can't you can't really touch them right now if you're the Edmonton Elks. Still, next year I expect a lot more competition on the field. But for going, you know, scoreless offensive in the first two games. I don't think we can complain about yeah, this game. Definitely. I think we all walked into this game being like, as long as there's not a zero on the board, yeah. the end, this is done, right? So 
I mean, I don't know if I would call it an improvement from some of the games that we have seen, but at the same time, it was a completely different game that they have played, right? It's not, yeah. it was different sets of challenges. It was a team that has been a lot more competitive with every other single team in the league, right? It's, I think we all needed to check our expectations and the fact that we did as well as we did is fantastic and it's great. Steven Assey said it, and Steve, I just want to say, I'm pretty sure I looked over at Catherine <laughs> at that point in the game, and I said, that's it. Yeah. I said, that's <laughs> it. The BC touchdown in the third when Elks were three points behind was the the Elks call turning point. <laughs> that is. The Elks call turning point. And it was. We were so close, right? We were right there, and then they got that and you knew that the momentum just kind of went bruh everything yeah. just bruh you knew you knew that we weren't quite going to get back up there and just like we have seen in a lot of game it's kind of like an entire team effort right there's yep. there was not i mean obviously ford had some hiccups there you know yep. he definitely had way too many sacks that we we have not seen that of him just yet uh you know we had uh dropping the ball some yeah, you some know, drop passes, drop some drop passes. passes. Um, we also had a missed kick in there by Faithful. Yeah. He missed that one, right? So it's it's a full team effort. And there were little things that happened that definitely could have improved that they shouldn't have totally. happened. And it, it's they had a lot of chances to score. And just think about that, right? If they were that close and if those misses had not been misses. Yes. Yeah, it, it was a winnable game, Ooh. right? And that's... As long as your team makes it close and competitive, yeah. that's what you want to see. You don't want to see your team getting blown out and no. uh, shut out, right? Can Candor, up and down game, stuck stuck with them until the end. Ford needs to work on his looks down the field. As you guys said, there were some open receivers, and he did uh, did not see uh, seem to see them, and that's very true. We 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 saw that, right? And from where we were sitting, I mean, we even saw that inter interception, um, Darius Bratton. Yes. The Darius Bratton interception, we actually saw that. They tried to challenge it. Uh, we we did indeed see that happen, and I said immediately we got it. So from where we're sitting in Section X, we do see a lot of things that you may not see on the TV feed, right? Mm -hmm. um, same thing for fans directly opposite, uh, five sections over. We're all going to see different things on the field for sure. Uh, but that's one of the one of the best parts about going to the game live. You yeah. get to see all of those little things <laughs> and the fine details, uh, depending on where you're sitting. And even then, you can choose where you want to watch. Right? You want to watch downfield and mm -hmm. predict that play. You can watch that. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, we were watching Gino, and Gino was wide open. And I think yeah. I said that in, in you know the first half. I was like, Gino, Gino's right, right there. Right Gino, there. He's, he's right there. He's right there. He's, he's, right there. he's going like this. Yeah. But I mean. I, I couldn't imagine how hard it would be seeing, you know, four beefy guys coming at you, <laughs> running at you, trying to take you down as you're trying to do a split second decision to throw the ball. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not discounting how difficult that would be, but that's also Trey Ford's job. Yeah. Right. And he needs to be able to read those situations a little bit better, I think, because there were a lot of missed opportunities there that could have turned the game around even more than it already did. Well, you know, it's kind of like cheating, right? Because remember when we were watching these games last year and I was explaining to you about how having a run option, you remember when Trey Ford had his couple of starts and then he got injured after mm -hmm. that huge throw, mm -hmm. beautiful throw, still remember it. Still remember it. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> but uh, 
when we were watching that and you didn't get to see quite enough Trey Ford, but it is kind of like cheating after a while though, like any other cheat, like any other scheme or anything else, eventually you're going to get caught out. How many people called that out? Yeah. After the game, they were like, oh, Ford got exposed. Yeah. Exposed. And I wouldn't say it. I mean, he's a fantastic athlete, but I think the, what's lacking was a lot more obvious. Yeah. No, it's it's the more or less like the fundamentals of being a quarterback. You have to throw the ball. Uh, it's the decision making for sure. And I think Ford got a little bit too comfortable with the scramble, and that's fair because he's great at the scramble. But eventually, somebody's going to be better than you, and mm-hmm. they will figure out what you're doing, and they will stop you. And unfortunately, that's what happened with Trey Ford. And the Elks are obviously going to go right back to the drawing board. How beautiful would it be if? the Argos if we, if we won that Argos game coming up yeah. right yeah and well Pandora 27 here says that BC did well against a Russia game and we couldn't seem to answer in the past game which is yeah that's exactly true exactly yeah that's true what we've been uh discussing for sure and yes I mean the next game that we have is Edmonton versus Toronto the Argo game on Friday October 6th we're, we will be there. <laughs> we actually will be traveling to Toronto to see the game. So we are excited to be able to provide some footage or something there. <laughs> from uh, I've actually never been to BMO Field. So no, I me neither. Quite, I'm quite excited about that. Um, there have been some transactions. American linebacker Caleb Tanner and national wide receiver Danny Vanderford were released. <laughs> What is happening with that? Danny, Danny, <laughs> Danny boy. What is happening there? He keeps, I don't know, maybe they'll bring him back in a couple of days. I hope we'll they see. bring him back. Uh, American defense, American defensive back Dwayne Thompson II was also released. And there are no injury reports that have been released yet. Because of the bye-bye-bye week. Bye-bye-bye week. Bye-bye-bye week. <laughs> and, uh, but what do you think is going to happen? What are your predictions? Uh, Toronto Argonauts. So uh, we're going to talk about this in a bit in the fan forum. So make sure you all stick around because the fan forum is going to be popping on this question. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of salt going around the CFL right now <laughs> in regards to the Toronto Argonauts. My second favorite team, by the way. If I was not a double E fan, Argos. Uh, very, very beautiful uh, double blue. Though I don't like the Cambridge. I'm not a big fan. Anyways, so Toronto Argonauts, they're going to play Chad Kelly at home. They're not playing Chad Kelly this week in winnipeg but they most likely will play chad kelly at home why because the toronto argonauts need the fans yeah you you only get the fans in by saying hey come check out this playoff bound chad kelly who's rebuilt his football career and props to chad kelly he's doing amazing but they're not going to sit many starters in that elks game even though that they don't have much to play for in that elks game they're not, I don't think they're going to sit their starters. We'll see. But from what reports are saying, they're going to play the starters at home because that's how you maintain your fans. If if we if we were in that scenario and we sat, you know, Trey Ford. Oh, people, oh, people are going to be choked, right? Yeah. <laughs> people would riot. <laughs> people would riot. So, exactly. So, I, I mean, I think that uh, for that game, I think if we, if the Edmonton Elks do win that game against the Argos, it's going to be a massive character building block win. If they do not win, it's going to be expected. So um, <laughs> You know what? I'm going to say that we're going to win. Just wow. mostly because we're going to be hungry. 
Okay. Hopefully, rested, you know, we rested. had rested. We had a week to yeah. hopefully go over a whole bunch of film, hopefully go over a whole bunch of plays, hopefully work on Ford's reading abilities. <laughs> yes. You know, and Hoping being able so. to pass the, the ball. So I'm going to be optimistic and I'm just going to think that uh, when away it would be absolutely amazing uh john big fan are your kids are, are, are your kids we're not bringing the kids the you're kiddos not bringing are, the kids no we i don't like doing long travels with the kids <laughs> and steve and Nassie, i cannot say you're coming out loud here in live youtube nice beautiful <laughs> beautiful good one steve but hey good one uh they should play kelly steve and Nassie down there they should play kelly I don't like that approach. Well, well, well we're going to talk about it. Oh, we going to talk about it. <laughs> and then, yeah, the fans deserve to be see the best team. Like I said, we are going to talk about it. So, so like you said, sorry. now it's time. Let's chili on. And cook off. We're going to talk about our chili cook off and do the winner announcement. Before we announce the winner, however, can you tell me just a little bit more about what went down and what the prices are? All right. So first off, thank you for watching everybody that's tuning in on YouTube tonight uh, and everybody that's listening on Edmonton Sports Talk Friday night. Now, we partnered up with the Turf District. We also partnered up with You Need a Barbecue down uh, in Sherd Park. And then the Edmonton Elks as well. We partnered with those guys. If anybody knows, uh, knows what that organization's all about. They have supplied, the Edmonton Elks have actually supplied a uh, prize pack for this. Mm -hmm. You need a barbecue, a class in their November 4th tailgate barbecue mm -hmm. class. That's a, that's amazing. That's Yeah, it's really cool. I didn't even know those were a thing, but I have seen some pictures of the events that they put on and yeah. it looks super fun. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, I didn't know that white chili existed either. I know, so that was they, weird. Thank you. You need a barbecue for getting <laughs> in on this, coming down and making white chili. I guess that's a that's a that was a rec or uh, an award winning chili. Yes, it was very tasty but very confusing to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it had all the components of chili, but it was white. It was white. It was weird. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So and then on top of that, ourselves and the Turf District are going to be supplying some merchandise as well. I think I accidentally spoke for them and said, "Oh yeah, a T-shirt." I don't know if they're going to bring in a t-shirt. <laughs> However, I know that we're going to be supplying a hat, uh, some other goodies that we've ordered. So uh, very cool. But what we ended up doing was we partnered with all of these great people to bring Edmonton Elks tailgaters a chili cook-off. Um, so just so everybody knows that's watching and listening, we've never hosted a chili cook-off. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. We just said, hey, I let's... I keep calling it the first annual, though. Because first annual? Yes, because it will continue. To totally, happen. totally. And it's going to be a little bit more organized next year. We're uh, obviously not going to charge anybody. No. But uh, we're going to cap it off probably at 2530. It's going to be a great event. So on Friday, everybody scrambled down to Commonwealth immediately after work. Everybody set up their uh, their stalls with their stall numbers and made some awesome chili for college kids and Everybody. all the fans, CFL fans. And I mean, the main reason why this came to us as a thought is because of some feedback that we had received from people in the tailgate thinking that, um, you know, there was a little bit of a disconnect between 
people just walking by in the little individual parties. So we wanted to make sure that we cross that bridge, that people have the opportunity to go around in the tailgate and talk to every single person and all the stalls and make it more of a community feel kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Something a lot social, more sociable than we're used to in the tailgate. Well, and yeah, breaking the barrier, right? Yeah. A lot of people that are walking through, the, the, the biggest complaint that we've gotten is that it feels like private parties, right? It feels like a bunch of private parties where, you know, you don't really feel too welcome to go up and talk. So for us, we wanted to get everybody to talk. We wanted, you know, fellow tailgaters to get in on it. If, if you didn't have a chili, go taste some chilies. Uh, we just, we wanted to have fun with everybody. And we also wanted to break that barrier. And I would say, like, for us, we handed out around 100, somewhere between 100 and 200 samples. Yeah. We counted over 300 ballots. It was, uh, it, it was a really big deal. So we can't thank everybody enough for participating. We will be doing this again. We do have sponsors that are already uh, talking to us about getting in on this. So it will be a bigger, better event next year for sure. Okay. That being said, the criteria for the chili cook-off was presentation and taste and then of course the ballots mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the winner the champion of the first annual edmonton elks tailgate chili cook-off is stall number two and that is deanne and merv jennings Yay! <laughs> we got cheering too, cheer. There we go. <laughs> there you go. So, king congratulations. Congratulations. Um, this was awesome. We can't thank everybody enough for participating in the chili cook-off. We know we're going to be doing this again. We know it's going to be a lot bigger. And I think we're going to have so many contestants that we we're going to have to do a, a lot. We're, well, we're going to have to do a lottery is how it's going to have to work. So if we get over 25, we'll, we'll figure if, out the numbers on it. And... If we get more than 25 and 30, what we should do is have a part A, part B, and then have the two winners go in an all-out competition. Yeah. Or fight to Maybe. the death. But fight not, to the not death. really. Well, uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason here in the chat. Uh, we've been doing the tailgate for years and is one of the first times we interacted with some of our neighbors. We are extremely thankful to hear that because that, that was our goal. We we really wanted to get that barrier broken, you know, like apparently even even from our fellow tailgaters, yeah. right? They believe that it's kind of like private parties out there. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to clear a misconception here because John here says that there's a few people at tailgating who still don't hand out food to everybody, and that's fine. That's fine. That's definitely fine. That's, that's definitely not fine. what it's about, right? Yeah. We're not asking people to hand out food. We personally like to do that because that's what we want to do. Yeah. Nobody's forcing us. Nobody's paying us. We are doing that out of the bottom of our hearts because we want to hand out food to everybody and have a good time and have people come to us and take pictures on our speaker's corner. And that's exactly what we want. But the whole point is the ability to just being able to, like you say, Jason, speak to your neighbor, yeah. being able to just have a drink and enjoy a drink together and yeah. you know just chat with other people in the tailgate and you know there's tons of kids running around 
And I've seen it a lot more than now you have little groups of kids and I will hang out together and they'll be playing ball by, you know, the church over there with the, the yeah, little green yeah, area on the hill. Yeah. And on the hill. And that's what, in my opinion, it should be right. A big party. The food is beside the point. If you want to give out food, that is completely up to you. But nobody's asking that of you. Well, and we we talked about it on Edmonton Sports Talk today. Um, I was lucky enough to join in on the hangout over there. And uh, we talked about it. In America, the tailgate is so much bigger. And the tailgate is, is, it's an event of its own, right? But one of the best parts of the tailgate is the fact that you can go up and you can shoot the breeze with anybody and they will hand you food. And sure, it, it, you don't have to. Nobody's, you know, nobody's paying for it you don't do that but the reason that we do it is because we're trying to make this like a traditional american tailgate mm -hmm. the whole point of the cfl taking this on is to try to mimic exactly what the nfl is doing why because it works and with the cfl now getting into tailgating and getting into that space it's all about building the atmosphere now so you know turf district when we were on the the turf district earlier in the year mm -hmm. we talked about how 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 we need to do that like you know yeah. Yeah. like and 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 the biggest point too is the fact that we have all these little spots that are you know they're empty spots and people are kind of using them for mm -hmm. parking but we're starting to see those fill up now mm -hmm. when we talked we talked about that on the turf district mm -hmm. those spots that people are starting to use strictly for parking i think this year after i don't know the, the most of the games this was the second last home game. So eight yeah. games, eight games. These people came in strictly for parking yeah. this time. They came into tailgate. Yeah. And who knows next year we might, you know, depending on how the season goes, Yeah, if it's not necessarily a game that we would like to see live, there are people at the tailgate that are more than willing to just sit outside, have a TV and just watch the game out there yeah. with all everybody at the tailgate just having a few drinks and you know enjoying yeah. the time. So that's kind of the that's kind of the culture that you're trying to build in that, right? That you're just so comfortable with your neighbors and building new friendships that you could even have just as grand of a time outside yeah. of the tailgate than inside watching the game. No, totally. And uh, Jason, we will definitely be looking forward to seeing you at the next tailgate. Please come down to number 44. Uh, John here says October 14th. It's going to start at 11 a.m. It's usually two hours before the game. We'll see. Because uh, I talked to, once again on EST today. <laughs> we're going to be doing the breakfast. <laughs> uh, we're going to do bacon and egg sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I think probably. we're going to do bacon and egg sandwiches. I'm okay with Maybe that. a little hash brown, too. As long as it's not your gross pogos. But... <laughs> it's not the pogo. No, we're going to do bacon and egg sandwiches. Uh, um, uh, planning. Beermosas, says nice. I have another name for those. Beermosas and breakfast tacos. Oh, those sound amazing. That does sound amazing, oh Jason. Oh my gosh. Don't they have those like the little taquitos? I think so. Oh. I think so. Mm. Uh Cand Candor <laughs> up here at the top. Oh, we got a we got a bus in chat today, guys. I love it. Uh, uh, tailgate has made the yeah, experience much better these last few years. It's great you guys are looking at ways to keep the experience going. Thank you. No, and once again, this is why we do it, right? We wanna, we wanna have fun with everybody else, and we also don't want it to be private parties. So, uh, thank you, thank you very much. 
Steve is not going to be smoked eggs. Smoked no, eggs? No, no, smoked no, eggs. No, you know what? No, Steve, that's a great idea. I like that idea. <laughs> Let's put the Calgary tailgate to shame. ABC, love it. Candor, yeah. love it. And you know what? How about a tailgate for the Heritage Classic? Nobody's talked about a tailgate for the Heritage Classic yet. It's in the middle of freaking winter. So <laughs> if we had a Western, if we had a Western <laughs> final, we would be tailgating in the winter. I guess you haven't experienced that yet. Just a whole lot of hot toddies that we need. A lot of hot toddies. <laughs> a lot of hot toddies. <laughs> Uh, right, so let's... once again, stall number two, Deanne and Merv Jennings, you guys are the first annual Edmonton Elks Tailgate Chili Cook-Off champions. Congratulations. So you deserve it. We had, we actually had tons of people walking by saying that they voted for you guys. <coughs> uh, we kind of were expecting it, but we didn't know for sure. And we definitely took a look at your stall and it was amazing. The presentation had, was definitely the best system. out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The presentation was yes. top notch. Yes, it was lovely. So thank you so much. Congratulations. Uh, you will get all of your prizes during the next uh, home game that we have at the next tailgate that we have. And uh, yeah. Including the trophy. Including, including the, trophy. the trophy. And the, the way that this is going to work is you get to keep the trophy until somebody else takes it away from you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll probably recover it for uh, the start of this. Well, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, we'll recover it for the so next. We'll see if we can get like a little sticker or something. His to have chest like is the 2023 bursting. winner and have stall number two. And then we can just have it like a gray cup, but it just has all the winners throughout all yeah. the years. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to label it every year. So then that way, you know, who won every year, it's going to be a, a point of pride for all of us tailgaters. <laughs> uh, Catherine and I at the Elks Herd, we will not be participating next we year. We won't compete because it was hard enough to organize all of well, get everything sorted not only that but we want <laughs> other more other tailgaters to get in there and participate and to have fun with it so by us leaving uh it opens up a spot for somebody else but that also means we get to host it and have fun and taste the chilies as well Definitely. and get yeah, in on I, that fun i did not get to taste any chilies and i was <laughs> super disappointed so <laughs> Uh, Jason, since the rest of the results were not released, I am just going to assume it was a runner. What, what, what is what is your number, Jason? What is your number? I, uh, I have it up, but we can we can tell you. We have all the numbers writing down. Yeah, shoot us your stall <laughs> right number, now. and we'll let you know right now. If, not right if, now, I don't have it on. No, but okay. <laughs> we'll let you know after. So. No, but we yeah we're gonna have to look at it. We'll let you know. We'll let you know, Jason. We'll definitely keep you posted. But all right, let's keep the conversation going. With it's time for our affiliate shutout, if you want to do that. All right. Uh, so Edmonton Sports Update. Oh. Actually. Okay. Did you know that it is the Edmonton Sports Update? <laughs> Today's update is brought to you by Herdies. Catch us at every Edmonton Elks tailgate party in stall number 44. Herdies, we smoke the meats. Last Friday, the Edmonton Elks fail, fell to the BC Lions 37-29. This week, they are on the bye. The Edmonton Oilers are on a preseason road trip this weekend, visiting Calgary to take on the Flames on Friday night, and then Vancouver to take on the Canucks Saturday. Both games start at 7 p.m. Mountain. The Edmonton Oil Kings are hosting the Lethbridge Hurricanes for a homestand series this weekend. Catch the team in action at Rogers Place on Friday at 7 p.m. and Sunday at 4 p.m. 
the University of Alberta Golden Bears football team fell to the UBC Thunderbirds 54-37 last Friday, ending their perfect record. They take on the Regina Rams in Edmonton on Friday. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Mountain. Definitely head on down to Foot Field. Where the Elks heard, you're up to date. Alrighty, and then our affiliates. Uh, let's get you guys some deals right now. Let's get these deals going. Royalretros.com. Guess what? The USFL might be gone, which means all of that great vintage USFL gear can be found on Royalretros.com. Use code STAMPEDE for 10% off over at Royalretros.com to celebrate the 2023 USFL champions, the Birmingham Stallions. Giddy up. And then uh, things engraved, ladies and gentlemen, there is always a sale going on over at thingsengraved.ca. Check out our link in the description to go check out some Shotgun Sports and the Elks Herd merch. Some of that merch is actually going in that prize pack. So fantastic. There's always something on sale over at thingsengraved.ca. Go check it out. And then uh you know if you're bored this week you can take a shower <laughs> and you can use some premium canadian soap in that shower lather l-a-t-h-r dot com or dot c-a is it lather.com dot com yeah but they are canadian um use shotgun sports 15 to get 15 percent off over at lather.com and then uh aspire physio i want to give a shout out my buddy Amin. He just opened up his second location. Very successful business, uh, Aspire Physio. So, it, so down in Ellerslie, that was their first location. But he just opened up a location down in Century Park. Perfect. So, physio needs. If you ever need physio, go down to Aspire Physiotherapy. It's AspirePhysiotherapy.ca. Go check him out. Tell him the Elks Herd sent you. And I don't know if you're going to get a deal, but just tell him <laughs> that we sent you. Uh, he'll, it'll put a smile on their faces. Definitely. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. Uh, before we continue forward, Chili Cook-Off with Sons of Fun. Thanks again for hosting. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you very much, Pierre, for getting in on that. Fan Forum. Let's open it up. Yeah. This is the best part of the show. I think we're going to go to an hour and a half today. Probably. Yeah, I think we're going to go to an hour and a half. Depending on how the conversations go. Exactly. Here. With all of you guys in the chat. Oh, this is great, guys. This is a really <laughs> great episode. Especially for not having a guest. Our guest called in. You guys are the guests today. So this is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, and shout out to our listeners, Edmonton Sports Talk, and anybody that's listening on your favorite podcatcher, people call it. Podcatcher. Yeah. But wherever you wherever stream you like your podcast. <laughs> uh, fan Forum. Okay, so this is the segment called the Fan Forum where we're going to talk about some hot topics surrounding Edmonton sports today. And our live listeners will get to chime in on each topic we discuss. Make sure you comment in the live chat after we ask a question and we'll look at the chat and we're going to bring you into the show. So definitely get in on this with us, guys. And we got some spicy hot topics today. <laughs> uh, first one, Toronto Argonauts have chosen to sit their starting quarterback in Chad Kelly. In their upcoming game in Winnipeg against the Blue Bombers, should fans be upset about the Toronto Argonauts sitting their star players and taking the best-on-best best aspect away from the game? Yeah, I mean, for this, I 
don't know what to think because whereas I definitely see that you should always be playing your best game, just as Steve Benassi said, right? There's also the idea of giving your star players a rest. Although, you know, now that I think about it, no, because if it was any other sort of circumstance, right? If they should always be playing, you should always be playing your starters. That's what they're getting paid for. So I take that back. I think they should have played. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're on the other side of the fence. Yeah, for a little bit. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, that's, wow. that's what their expectations are. I know. I think, I think, I think it's hilarious. I think they should. I think they should sit them. Why? Because you're playing a nothing burger of a game against a potential Grey Cup matchup. So you want to go ahead and give give your direct game film against your team to the opposition, right? A lot of people are upset about this because it does take away that best on best game. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have now sold out their third game in a row. Part of the reason for this, I, th I think one of those was the Banjo Bowl. Um, and one of this now is a potential best on best. So when you have that taken away from you, but how fantastic would that match would have been? Yeah, and, and it would have been great. Like entertainment purposes for entertain, entertainment wise, I would love to see a Blue Bombers against a Toronto Argos with Chad. Kelly. But you might get to see that in the Grey Cup. And if, and if but you don't know, but if Chad <laughs> Kelly gets injured in this game, you might not see that in the Grey Cup. Yeah. See? I don't know. We have uh, Jason, Jason here says, yes, only because it would have been a marquee match up and one of the best games of the year. And they're hiding from that. That's exactly I what like you it. said. I like it. If, it would have been super entertaining. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to lose views now, right? Once people tune in and uh, I forget, Duke, I think his name is Duke or something. Uh, that that backup quarterback they got going in. <laughs> I. Yeah, people are going to tune in. They're going to go, oh, it's not Chad Kelly. Oh, this is a nothing burger game. And I get it. Let's see what Steve – okay, Steve, if it was the last game before the playoffs, I can understand it. At this point of the season, bad move. And I think where I will agree is you take a look at, let's say, 1980s Eskimos. 1980s Eskimos. Now, yes, they did have decent backup quarterbacks at those times, but – mostly these players played right through these guys usually played right through right until the playoffs and you know that's that's actually part of the development and gaining steam and like let's say even with the edmonton asks back in 2015 mike riley for the most part played those games maybe i like i honestly don't remember the last game of the season maybe that would have been one that he sits out and steve does have a point he actually has a very great point Yes. I mean, you do usually sit your guys in the last game or two, just like NHL playoffs, right? Yeah, NHL yeah playoffs. we have seen that. We have seen that yeah. a few times. But if you were Chad Kelly and you had the opportunity to play against one of the best. You'd want to play. I, 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 as a competitor, you'd want to play. Now, strategically, this makes sense. Unfortunately, for strategical reasons, this is a very smart move to not give away a lot of, you know, your, your playbook and any calls any okay. hand signs they a, haven't a lot. clinched yet right no argo argos have yeah argos and, and okay. uh, winnipeg both have yeah okay yeah so they know that they will be yeah well but they don't know they're going to be facing off in the gray cup once again yeah. just like any other sport of you course. make it into the playoffs anything can happen yes uh karma will bite them by steve yeah yeah i think you're right there yeah, yeah maybe 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 
I mean, it's. But what if they get the Grey Cup? <laughs> we also have BC in the line, and we yeah. have seen great games there. Yeah, that's right. True. So don't can't discount BC and, and Vernon. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, half of the job is selling the game as much as it is winning. I feel the NBA is also starting to hurt from this, where buying tickets to a game is a big risk, as some stars might take the game off. I agree. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, football is entertainment. Yeah. Right? You you also have to be mindful of what the people want to see and what the people want to pay for. Now, it might be a strategical move, but at the same time, you know, people are going to see that. And are we are our fans losing a little bit of respect? Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I don't think that they should just based on the strategical point, right? But I understand also, yes, very valid point. It is entertainment and people did pack that stadium to watch the Toronto Argonauts, the like the number one team in the East and last year's champion. No, they want to see that team, right? This will be an away game for them. This will be an away game. Right. So once again, if you don't have to, which Toronto Argonauts, they have a very hard time with their attendance. Let's be real. They have a very hard time. So no, they're definitely, they like, they can't afford to sit. Mm-hmm. their star players no. in a home scenario but away when it's a potential gray cup matchup i understand it i i i kind of appreciate it from the strategical standpoint as a fan and many other pundits in the cfl have said this today <laughs> uh yeah as a fan you just kind of cringe because or you know you say no <laughs> we have candor 27 saying one to two games for the cfl isn't too bad but any more than that seems excessive has been has he been no this is right? this, this i'm pretty game. sure this would be the first game and yeah. they did say that he will play a bit but i think the focus uh, like he's definitely not starting the game yeah so he's not taking the number one reps they're taking that away from us but you know what <laughs> also from a strategical standpoint you want to get your backup a little bit acclimated to the game just in case he has to jump in there right yeah i guess i mean if they're completely start just bombing the game huh you yeah see what I did there? but uh... <laughs> they start bombing the game <laughs> uh they probably will bring him in but yeah We'll see. I mean, I do agree with Steve that the league can't be happy. League can't be happy. Well, and especially too when the CFL, like I I do understand that because the CFL is trying to sell games. They have to get people in these stadiums. But right now, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers aren't having a hard time selling Mm -hmm. tickets, right? The Blue Bombers, people want to go see them because they have a really good shot at at the cup, just like we used to be all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, like they're that constant contender right now. So Good for good for Winnipeg for selling those tickets. Like props to you. Um, at the same time, do I understand it? Yes. As a fan, sure, it takes the excitement out of it. I'm not going to be watching that game probably that night. That's for sure. No, I just want to see. If you will lose viewers, like... I guess. Yeah, you will lose viewers. So now it's the other. Now it's the other. Yeah. Now I want to see if they're just going to completely <laughs> lose the game horribly. If they're going to bomb it. <laughs> if they're yeah. going to bomb it. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's uh let's move on to our second topic. Uh second topic. All right, prices. Everybody likes talking money, right? We all like talking money because we got to spend it every day and we got to make it every day. Our lives are awesome. Anyways, so as per a repost of someone's picture showing the 2023 menu board at Rogers Place which had a burger and beer combo for $29.25 plus tax. That repost is gaining heavy opinions on the Elks Herd X account. 
are these prices reasonable given the price of admission and other Oilers add-ons such as Oilers Plus? And I hope I hope everybody in the chat, I hope you guys get in on this too. I just can't. I can't. I And now I'm just talking general. It's not even just the Oilers, right? Because you go to a concert. We're going to be going to the Iron Maiden concert on Friday, the next Friday or Saturday. Yeah. And just the thought of having to spend almost $20 on a beer it just yeah. it makes me cringe. <laughs> well, let's say let's say for two beers it's almost thirty bucks, which is still you can buy a case of beer for twenty four bucks, like a decent case of beer. We're not talking Canadian, but even then, you could probably get a case of Canadian for thirty bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's <clears throat> like I don't know where it's coming from. What I would think, and I assume that this is what it is, is if you go down to the states. It is very common practice for you to pay $15 USD for a beer, yeah. wherever you go, for yeah. any event, right? So is it a lot, you know, a lot of these organizations saying that, hey, everybody down south is paying these prices and that's common practice, then we can do that here as well, right? Is that where that's coming from? Is that that mentality? Because otherwise I cannot, I mean, I know inflation, I know all of this is happening, but that's a little excessive, in my opinion. Well, and I, I've been to Barclays in New York, in Brooklyn, and I spent, you know, 16 to 17 or 18 around then. And we're talking like five years ago. Um, like, I think the math on it worked out to be, yeah, 17 or 18 bucks for a tall boy of like a tall, like a tall glass, the same size that you get at Rogers, except a lot more expensive because it's in New York. And yeah, I mean, it was Corona or Modelo. I believe it was Modelo. But even then, that was excessive. I've been to Seattle and a large Bud Light, a tall boy. And that is, yes, that is actually a tall boy. And I want to say that that was 13 bucks American. So once again, 15, 16 bucks Canadian or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that you might be onto something because it does kind of seem like a universal pricing structure. It's just that the prices are starting to get out of hand. And I've, I've been to many concerts, many sporting events. The most affordable sporting event still is a CFL game. Definitely. I mean, people still complain about the prices down at Commonwealth, but, <laughs> you know, just a few minutes away down at Rogers is twice the price that you pay, right? And my fear is that they'll start to adapt those kind of prices and mentality, which that would just be... Well, and, side, I, I mean, I've I've heard I've heard about how the pricing structure works within Common Commonwealth. The prices are mostly set by Molson, so a lot of these prices are are mostly set by the beer manufacturers. I'm not sure about the profit numbers and everything else, but I will say, I don't know many sporting venues or sports events where you can drink your own booze in yeah. the parking lot with a red solo cup. Friendly reminder, all tailgaters, promote the Red Solo Cup because we do not need to lose the tailgate. <laughs> we can't. We can't lose can't it. Lose we can't that. lose it. That being said, though, I don't know many other events that allow you to do that. And even on the other side, on the east side of the stadium, they also have the Coors Light Fan Fest, $5 beer. Yeah, very, Five, very five fifty, Maybe 6 now with inflation, right? But yeah. that's still a lot cheaper than the $10 you're spending inside. Well, and you see other sporting events here locally as well, like the um, Riverhawks. Very affordable food, extremely affordable yeah. drinks, 
and you still go there to have a good time, right? And that's the thing. When people are having a good time and it's reasonable, I can guarantee you that I would be more willing to go and buy seconds or thirds yeah. and it's a reasonable price than having a $15 beer and say, this has to last me the next three hours. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, let's even make the argument of the Oil Kings games. And I love you and I, you and I, you and I love Oil Kings games. Oil Kings games are great. However, you're still spending mm -hmm. 14, 15, however much on a beer. Like at the end of the day, you know, two kids, we try to make it a family event and you end up spending $200 just yeah. to get everybody down to the game and buying popcorn and drinks and trying to have a good time. And suddenly it's just something that you should have saved up for. Right? Yeah. No. And um, so the live chat, pop it on this one for sure. Gotten to the point where I can't justify buying anything. Once I've entered the building, it's crazy. And to, to a degree, I mean, we we agree, right? There's, unfortunately, when you go to a concert, I'm always going to have a beer or two. That's, that's just how it works. <laughs> but am I going to have anything more? No, no, I've never ordered the nachos. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I there's there's many things I could speak about that building. The, the worst part about it is the fact that the prices are so absolutely ridiculous. And I, I mean, I've been to stadiums all over. And once again, right, I will I will strictly only get the beer blue jays i wish i could have caught a toonie tuesday steven benassi totally price gouging unacceptable agreed um commonwealth's not too bad but at rogers i would never buy anything well and see it's breaking down that barrier of getting people to buy things and it, it, somebody messaged us today somebody messaged us in the inbox today don't don't know exactly the the context behind it but I, or the the tone behind it sorry the tone but i will say um the comment was people don't complain about people that go to the Oilers games don't complain complain about the prices because the prices don't matter to them <laughs> right 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 Saying so that if you can afford to go to an Oilers game you can afford the overpriced beer yeah that's besides the point like to be honest there are times that we will make a plan to go see a game ahead of time and even if we have to save up for it right it's got nothing to do with our socioeconomical status here no. that we have right but that still doesn't matter because you still expect the pricing of the concession items to be reasonable well fair fair <laughs> pricing right like i mean for a burger like that if you go to um shirt park crusaders game if you go to randy rosen rink you can get a a I would say the quality on that burger you're going to get the, at the Randy Rosen is around like a 25% less quality mm -hmm. and you're paying $5 or $6 or mm -hmm. something, right? You go, you go to any uh, small arena, you get that poutine, that yeah. poutine is going to be five to seven bucks. I can, I can tell you all the prices right now of all of our local yeah. arenas and small towns and everything else. The moment you step into Rogers, that price goes up times three to times four. Yep. And yeah, it's just like Stephen Assey says here is just a 20, 30% markup at least. Well, take a reasonable 20 to 30%. Anything over that is robbery. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So but, it, it, it's painful, right? It's so. painful, especially too, because it, sure, taxpayers didn't have to pay for it, but now we're going to pay for it by entering the building and, and wanting a beer or wanting, wanting. And even then, let's say the beer is excusable, it's the food options. If Mercedes Benz Stadium, down in Minnesota, it's Minnesota, 
Minnesota Vikings. Is that Minnesota or is it Atlanta? I think it's Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons. It's Atlanta Falcons. They have the reasonable pricing. They have like a $5 menu or something. We're talking about in the States. We're talking about in a stadium. Yeah. To have a value menu like that, you will have people lining up at those. Definitely. On on exactly that point, and John has just pointing it out, right? The Oilers Entertainment Group needs to look at what the Stingers are doing for concessions, and they also totally. have that five dollar yeah. menu. Yeah, they certainly do. Well, and the Stingers actually this year had a massively successful season off uh, off the off the court, off the court. Obviously, on the court, they made it to the playoffs, floundered, sucks. We we didn't win a championship for once, you know, <laughs> dang Stingers. But that being said. Their biggest wins were their attendance numbers. They had the best attendance of of their lifespan so far. And partially because $5 food menu. Would I love to see something like that happen at Commonwealth? Oh, my Lord. Yeah. You will pack the stands yeah, on, a, on, a, on a $5 menu alone. And that's and that's another point, right? What is that doing to the organization? Jason here says that he went to an Oil Skin game last year for a Bernard game. Yeah. And at intermission, all concession stands in the lower area had no one for no one buying anything. It's the first time that he has seen anything like that. And I'm like, what does that say? Well, that says that people don't like people don't like literally do not want to buy anything because of the prices and we we have a family. We have a family. We bring our family to events. We buy at the concessions at Commonwealth. And no, it's not just because we're Elks fans. It's because the kids are hungry. That's the yeah. that's the reality they see of popcorn it. Popcorn and they want popcorn. They know they're they getting like shut up until they get popcorn. <laughs> they know they're getting a ton of food at the tailgate, and then they also know that they're going to get popcorn. And they don't even ask for more than that. Yeah, um, they just want the popcorn because everybody else is having yeah. it. Yeah, that's. And I mean, I'm not going to say no to a couple of kids having popcorn at the game. And then they wear the bucket on their head. <laughs> so it's a massive win-win. There was actually a uh, John comment up here. Uh, he was asking us... Up, up, oh, up, oh, oh, we have, up, we uh, Great question. Oh, that's okay. That's a little... That's yeah. A little so how do you think Hamilton Grey Cup Committee pulled off getting Carrie Underwood <laughs> when Edmonton Grey Cup Committee 2018? Ale Alicia Cara, by the way, is who that is uh, in 2018. Uh, She's pretty big now. Back in 2018, I think she had one or two songs, but uh, Hamilton Grey Cup Committee, I don't know. They worked magic. It was a good one. From what I'm hearing, the uh, Grey Cup format, especially with the concerts and the shows, that's actually changing. So instead of doing one big halftime show and you know having that as your one act, they're actually going to do a full weekend. What? So uh, the Arkells, I suspect that the Arkells are going to get announced for either halftime or the Saturday night show, because Friday uh, Friday night is Carrie Underwood. Listen, until we get Beyonce here, I'll be happy. We will not. Well, we've we've had her at Commonwealth, but we're, we're never going to get her no, for halftime. Half never going to get her for halftime. Uh, Oil Kings have a ten dollars menu for kids now, probably because of what uh, what was just mentioned. Yeah, that's probably exactly it. Uh, new concession, yeah. So Western Foods. Deals with the concessions. They also deal with the facilities maintenance over there, over over there as well. Uh, I know because I've asked and I've wanted to work <laughs> there. So, uh, yeah, no. Uh, who knows? Uh, that's all great news there, John. Thank you very much. I think just to close that off, we all can agree that that's those prices are those ridiculous. prices are crazy. And I think it's going to take people not buying into it to actually make an impact. 
because people are if people are not spending money then the organization is forced to reconsider what has changed and perhaps change it back and all those rich people out there in edmonton stop buying concession items <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh that's the way she goes uh okay guys the last fan form question we're gonna go outside of the cfl a little bit we're gonna talk about the usfl and the xfl kind of because you know bama boy was supposed to be here tonight that was her guest uh Yes, so the USFL and XFL will be merging to form a new league, the National Spring Football League, yes, right? And SFL. Uh, so they're forming a new league. The CFL declined a merger with the XFL in recent years. Mm-hmm. Do you think this new merger is smart? And how will this affect the CFL? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that is a big <laughs> that is a big question. I think it is smart to answer that first part of the question because they were obviously losing money. It needed to happen because they were just it those leagues were not going to go anywhere. And the only way that they could make something happen would be through a merger, which is questionable that it's even a merger, to be honest, because everything is under the rebranding of the USFL to the new um, NSFL branding. And that just makes you question as to whether it is an actual, you know, equal merger or if they just decided to buy out the XFL. Well, and the way that I see it is the XFL was already running around trying to make a deal with somebody. They went ahead and did the season on their own, which that's great. They 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 operated the season. They did great. Tw- what was it? Twenty million in losses? But do you remember the number? Yeah, it's around twenty million or twenty million plus in losses. They they lost a lot of money operating for the season. It's either six million or twenty million. It's somewhere around there. But uh, I had the number. Either way, XFL is losing money. So the XFL has restarted three times now. And now from everything that we're seeing, we've analyzed all the data, and this looks like the USFL is eating up the XFL. Totally. Right? Something that we were talking about before we jumped on was in a merger, somebody is always the bigger dog. Mergers are very, very rarely perfectly down the middle. That doesn't happen. As per reports... The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Danny Garcia have been getting emailed, and their emails are actually people that are emailing them. The emails are bouncing back, so their their emails, their XFL emails, right now are offline. They've been immediately shut That's down. That's a rumor so far, though. We don't That's know a rumor, sure. but people, they're very credible sources. Uh, so that being Twitter said. XFL News Hub is <laughs> yeah, shout out to XFL News Hub for having the leak on that. That being said. Um, yeah, it's not looking very good for the XFL. It looks like the XFL has once again been eaten up or, or sorry, the XFL is no longer operating as a sole, sole, uh, entity. So do I think that this is going to affect the, the CFL? Yes, because you still have the, the equivalent of two spring football leagues operating as one. They will be taking some of those Americans that don't want to make the trip up to up to Canada. Maybe you can get a bigger contract out of the NSFL by proving your CFL stats. There's lots of scenarios. Um, yes, it will in the end still affect us. However, 
they're losing teams between that merger there are going to be less teams so that's actually good for the cfl yeah so i see what you mean what you're saying is that it will affect american viewers of the cfl but i don't the talent pool no the talent pool I'm talking about the okay, talent pool, I, okay, like our players, I kind of right? About, uh, in terms of viewership, I don't think it's going to affect the Canadian viewership because Canadians no. don't really care about the USFL or the XFL or whatever. We care about the NFL, though. They count, uh, Yeah, sure, they care about the NFL, but that's just something that we have always had and we have always competed, and that's why our schedules never match. So right. there is no competition in terms of viewership, right? I do agree with the talent, though. Now yeah. a lot of American talent will have another um, place to look into. Uh, I mean, they were already doing that, though, with the USFL and the XFL. Now, um, and I agree with Jason here in a comment that he just made, uh, saying that for them, I think the merger is good to not compete with each other in the American market. As for the CFL, shouldn't really affect Canadian viewers as they will stick to the NFL or home team, yeah. which I completely agree. Um that's a very good point. But it's, you know, now there's less competition. So now there's one team. And really, when you think about American talent, before they had two teams to go and choose from, and now there would be, or leagues, sorry, two yeah. leagues to choose from. And now there would only be one. And especially with teams kicking out, you know, going yeah. out, that would be less teams to actually choose from. So now what does that do for talent? Do they have less? Well, now, now some of those, you know, once again, the talent pool, it, it does actually help the CFL in that sense. Viewership, definitely not. Um, we, we don't care up here. I, there is, there is. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but for the majority of Canadians, they don't even care about the CFL, let alone, <laughs> let alone the XFL or the USFL, right? And once again, our viewers, our listeners, you guys are all awesome because we're all CFL fans yeah. uh, and football fans in general, right? NFL got that Packers gear on today. Yes, it is Aaron Rodgers gear, but uh, miss that guy. But that being said, as far as alternatives to the NFL, the CFL is the next best thing for Canadians. Yeah. So, yes, we will be tuning in as Canadians to our product, to this new uh, National Spring Football League. I, I feel like I'm actually less inclined to watch that than I was the USFL or the XFL. Yeah, that's my question. Are they going to stick it out to spring? Because if they are, that's then, of course, there's no um, overlap with the NFL. Yeah. But if they bring it into summer and there's overlap with the NFL, nobody's going to be watching that. Everybody's no. going to be watching the NFL. Yeah. And then they're just going to, once again, bomb. Well, and, and yeah, like, let's talk about that merger. They're, they're talking about it here in the chat, uh, that potential CFL-XFL merger. So the Rock approached, or, you know, the Redbird Capital Group, XFL, approached the CFL and said, hey, let's make a deal. We know you guys are coming out of COVID. We know you guys need money. Excuse me, we need, we need things too, is basically what they said. Mm -hmm. We need things too. Uh, let's make a deal. The XFL just lost twenty million. Yeah. The like the XFL had to go to the USFL, which the USFL is owned by Fox. We have done media coverage this year for the USFL Birmingham Stallions. We did get in a couple uh, press conferences for for Ryan, uh, help him out a little bit. And yeah, I mean we're there along along sport, uh, Fox Sports. So Fox Sports, huge deal. 
they got the money. They don't care about losing money because if anything, they can balance their books with this. Mm. If, 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 if you're if you're if you're a little bit smart in the business sense, you could probably use this to balance the books out elsewhere, right? So Fox doesn't really care that much, even if they did lose. And do I think they lost a little bit? Sure. They did their own media coverage for their own brand. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's gonna flop. Give it a year. I'm not sure how successful it's gonna be. Well, the USFL has stayed alive now for two seasons. Now, how would this compare to college football? Ooh. Like, in terms of viewership, or because now you have, like, three different things that are going. It would, it would be like if, if you are if you got dropped down, like, a division or two. I don't know. Like, if, like as far as, like, the competition, it would be a new university. Well, I guess a new league, like the Pac-12, if... If one of those guys like disappeared and another one popped up or something, <laughs> I really don't know. I'm not a big college football expert to be honest, but yeah. But like, is that another competition? Well, obviously you would go from college football. To yeah, there's see, yeah, you can't really compare it because right? there's too many colleges. Yeah. So all of the colleges, I mean, no matter what, you're gonna have a a, a star and yeah. trash. I mean, no matter what. But I I just know how big college football is in the U.S. Yeah. Right? How how are you going to try to infiltrate that that you currently have with college football and the nfl oh like how outsider right how do you really think that the nsfl would ever have the same amount of success as listen to you (laughs) nsfl on me here (laughs) do you ever do you think that they would have the same amount of success as college football no no because college football is truly the biggest football in the states So you can't you can't be called football. If anything, it's you have to strictly compete with NFL, right? The only way you're going to look at this is a is an NFL conversation. College, you can't compare that just because there's too much legacy, too many teams. There's no way that you know you can compete with any of like let's say the SEC. Like that league alone makes a ton of mm-hmm. money and is an all star league. Like the yeah, SEC is just absolutely amazing. It's so. crazy. It definitely is crazy. All right, let's let's jump in this chat. What do we got here? Uh, yeah, I I see a lot of I don't know how will it would, it will affect the CFL. Time will tell. Uh, Stephen Nassi says I don't think Americans will ever accept the league that is not NFL. <laughs> I agree. Nice, I like it, Steve. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, and yes, we just we read that again. And new this, NSFL. Here for Jason, the new NSFL will need to rely on ticket sales to make more money and should market their game to a younger, more dedicated fan base that starts with cheap beer and a party scene. (laughs) Kind of like what the Elks just tried to do. Uh, What's interesting about that is uh, they are talking about hubs for that. So with the hub city thing where you have like four teams or two teams in one city, uh, it's, it's tough on building fan base. You don't really build your fan base that easily by doing that. Having home games is great. However, having, you know, a dedicated home stadium for every team, travel. Travel costs money. That's, you know, one of those one of those frustrating parts. So uh, I understand why they're doing the hub thing. It's to try to generate money and to try to make money on the on the top end and save on the bottom end and all that other stuff. Uh, I I think it's cheesy. I don't like hubs. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of that. Candor 27 at the top this time of year 
is the best for sports. <laughs> it is. Candor, you are completely right. I, I, I once again mentioned that on you, EST today. You get a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, you got Packers, Elks, Blue Jays, Leafs, uh, Oilers. You got uh, all sorts of teams playing all at once. So, and Raptors are going to be starting up right away. Mm -hmm. So it's great. Uh, what's next on uh, over here? We have Stephen Assey. That's totally right. College yeah. football does not pay their players. And that actually brings a question, right? In terms of the pay structure, like who do you think compared to let's talk talent, right? Yeah. A scout goes to the United States and it's looking for talent. And the options is between the newly merged and SFL and the CFL, right? Which one's going to pay, pay better? Um, hard to say. I, I, from what I know, actually, you know what? AAF, everybody had a flat rate salary. I do not know about the financials of yeah. these leagues. So Because I think that's going to be a really big part as, a, as to how successful this league is. Obviously, if they want players, if they want, you know, to retain talent, they're going to have to pay them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, and no matter what, in any league, right? And with, with their challenge... If your player is too good, he's going off to the NFL. Of course. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and some guys, they will be leaguers. They will be leaguer lifers. They will stick around in that league for 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Good on them. They'll make decent money at it. I do think that the CFL will pay more in certain circumstances. However, you have to pay Canadian tax and everything else on top of it. Right. The Canadian tax scenario is a very, very big mm -hmm. thing for American football players. They do not like it, um, yeah. and I agree. And that is why, as Jason says, American players will stay in America first if that's an option. Yes, and that's that's why I asked that question. How how will this affect the CFL? Mm -hmm. Trey Watson was on our team last year on the Edmonton Elks. As soon as a an XFL opportunity came up, St. Louis Battle Hawks. Yeah. He shipped his family down and he's down there and he got that opportunity. And I, he did leave Edmonton before that opportunity came up. However, he got that opportunity not too long after. So, uh, and good on him. Good for Trey Watson doing that. And he has a huge family. Christian Watson, his brother is playing for the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, Christian Watson is blowing up down there. He obviously wants to be close to his family, especially when his brother is like blowing up in the NFL. So good on him. Don't blame anybody. Let's say if, if if a Canadian had the choice, sure, NFL has a lot of money. But John Ryan, even at the end of his career, came back to Canada and yeah. kicked the ball around for a couple teams up here in Canada before uh, he called it quits. Last team, Edmonton Elks last year. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he, he came back home yeah. despite – and sure, maybe there well, wasn't an NFL offer there. And maybe that was just, you know, the reputation. Steve Benassi, he – here says that he i'm not gonna say that first part you're not that old Steve. but yeah. i remember when the cfl played way better than the nfl and i'm sure that you know when the reputation of the cfl is so much bigger than the nfl people would want to come and play well no pay so so that was pay and um what it was yes you're correct still in that statement so back in the day you had players that had nfl options that, you know, they could go down and play in the NFL. But the CFL all of a sudden paid more. Rocket Ismail, I want to say. Rocket, uh, he was one of those players that was paid handsomely to play in Canada. And, and, and he did. So the CFL was bigger than the NFL for a period of time. Sure, maybe maybe only in dollars. But we actually did have premier talent up here mm -hmm. 
we were paying guys, you know, there, there was no salary cap. You're used to modern day sports <laughs> with salary caps. Yes. You know, in baseball, we talk about the Yankees and how they always pay over that luxury. Lux they always pay their luxury tax and everything else. But back in the day, you did not have those salary caps, or at least you could have uh, a star player an exemption, right? So, yes, we had guys up here making more money than the NFL. And I honestly don't know, Steve, what the tax scenario was back then. <laughs> Hopefully it was better, but even if even if it was similar to how it is now, they would have paid more to, to offset that those taxes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, very, very big. Interesting. Yeah, I think we are all out of our questions here, but I did want to scroll before we go anywhere else because we are super close to our closing time here. Yeah. We it's pretty much the end of the episode. So I did see that Merv Jennings did comment. The winner, the winner, the winner got in the chili, the chili cook-off. And he says, uh, we would like to thank everyone who enjoyed our chili and voted during the cook-off. Thank you to the Altered and Chuck and Sports Network for hosting and supporting this fun competition. Cheers. We hope you thoroughly enjoy the bragging rights for the next year. Yeah, the trophy. <laughs> the... <laughs> uh, we, we heard some crazy stories coming out of there. So Catherine and I were both trying to man our station while tasting other people's chilies and talking with people and having a beverage or two with our friends. And it, it, you had to be an octopus to truly appreciate yeah. what you're doing in that moment. But that being said, and I mean, we had an absolute blast. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, we we really wanted to be that busy, so thank you so much, guys. But um, the legends coming out of stall number two, uh, custom custom spice, uh, the display. Like as soon as we drove in, we were we we I showed thought up. It was a birthday party. Yeah, like we thought somebody was turning twenty two. No, it was number twenty number two on each side of a big old balloon arch. Uh, when we drove in, we were literally right at the two hour mark because. I had a secret weapon. It was going to be a spoon dispenser so that people could dispense their own spoons at the chili cook-off. And I had 200 of them in there. And I completely forgot it. And I needed 200 <laughs> spoons on the fly. And you guys should have seen the scramble that that was to achieve the 200 spoons. We did it, though. We showed up. We were slanging spoons out of plastic bags. Doesn't matter. The number one thing that does down. matter is that everybody had fun at the chili cook-off. Uh, the fact that it was successful, we're going to be doing it again. We're going to have a lot more fun with it. And we're going to make this an even bigger event. And we can't wait to have our fellow tailgaters in there with us. Next next game, next home game, October 14th, I want to yeah. say. Alouettes, I was considering cooking chicken. Uh, well, I you was still gonna are. It's going to be eggs. Ah, nice. That is savage, babe. That is savage. That is amazing. They're Spoon little babies. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. So, guys, that this was an awesome episode. We thought we were going to be doing an hour-long episode. You guys made it awesome. So, thank you so much to everybody in the live chat. Thank you so much yeah. to our listeners on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you to our listeners over at Edmonton Sports Talk. Yes. And overtime in the Oilers game, so I still got a chance to catch that, and that's where I'm going right now. So. Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> let's all go catch this overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't thank you enough for joining us. My name is Scout, aka the Reference Section X. And I'm Catherine, aka Dave and Alex. 
And we are the Elks Herd. Thank you so much for tuning into the Elks Call. Everybody have an awesome night. Cheers. Bye.